Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college shooters do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh. It's for you, play and play, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Yes, yes, clap it up. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. We are the... Those fine gentlemen. So give us a call. Talking sports with friends. Remember that. 718-664-9098. Like always, Ray and Tate today at gmail.com. You want to give us your thoughts on the NFL draft. Draft, And we don't give grades, but we talk about what we like. Uh, you could send us your thoughts. Check out our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, YouTube. We're very social. And our new-looking website, it's very snazzy and jazzy with great interviews, all sports, but the NFL interviews stand out like crazy. Eric Dickerson, Randall Cunningham, Adam Archuleta, Charles Davis, the list goes on. So check out RayAndTayToday.com. Ray, a little Maj Paz show. We're going all over the map. We'll end with the NFL draft recap, kind of like our, our, our favorite uh, teams and the teams we didn't think that did. did too good, but um, let's start off with some baseball before we get to the NHL and NBA playoffs. Obviously, you know, a dramatic and uh, intense series with the whole Pedroia and Machado thing in Baltimore last week, and now four games last night started off with the Red Sox fans, an unfortunate incident, you know, using the N-word and throwing things at Adam Jones. Tonight, he came up to the plate. The mayor of Boston, you know, said, hey, we should cheer this guy. And some fans stood up and cheered, and I think more than what he would normally have gotten. And so I just want to ask you, at what point are stadiums, sports leagues, going to tell people just because you bought a ticket, you cannot be disrespectful to other patrons and to the people you are watching performing live it, it it's out of hand and i think it's got to stop so i agree 100% with the sentiment of what you're saying the question is the execution right how do you do that in a baseball stadium that has 45,000 people or a football stadium that has 70,000 people or a hockey or NBA arena that has 20,000 people. It should be an app. We've all got cell phones. You should have an app that when you're in the stadium, you can alert security and say, you know, type in a little box, like if it was a Twitter thing, this fan is cursing, this fan is threatening, this fan is doing this, I'm in section, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that simple. It could be done within a, in two weeks. Wow, look at you. Snitches get stitches. That's right. 
Uh, maybe works. you know what it's 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 called crowdsourcing and crowd policing. I guess. Look, most we've everybody all been in wants... the stadium where there's all this cursing, and you know if you're there with your kids. Look, it's okay to get a little rowdy and blow off some steam. The problem is right. that it seems like nowadays folks cross the line a little bit. And oh. before we used to get crazy, and you know, as teenagers, we used to scream a lot, and we used to get you know, on players. But it was it was respectful, and it was about the game. It was about yeah. what happens on the court. It was about competition. It was about, you know, my player's better than you. My player yeah. beat you. My player He'll scored dunk on, on you. you. <laughs> my guy, yeah, yeah, my guy did it. It wasn't about anybody's family. It wasn't about anybody's race, color, creed, sexual orientation. So that's the part that, that that's bothersome. And you're right. I think we are getting to that point where at least people agree that, you know, just by virtue of buying a ticket doesn't get you carte blanche to do whatever you want. It's just the enforcement of that. I don't know yet how to do it without, like you say, kind of policing each other. Maybe maybe that's the only way to do it. Somebody said today you can buy a car, but it doesn't mean that you could go 100 miles per hour in it just because you bought it. There's rules and laws. And going to a sporting event shouldn't change rules and laws. You can't just roll up on somebody in the street and start throwing stuff at them. No, no, no. That's ridiculous. That's safety. I mean, yeah. m- most of what we're talking about, though, is verbal, right? It, right, right. What you say and how far, how much slack, how much rope you get as a fan who paid 20 50 100 200 whatever you paid to get into the arena. And that's the sad part because, like I said, we, we've gotten to a point where and we use Twitter and we use social media, but we've gotten to the point where people feel emboldened and they say stuff that I don't think they said as often last, let's say, 10, 20 years ago. Oh, but they wouldn't say it face-to-face. That guy would those people, and the numbers are changing. I don't know if it was 60 or 30 or 20 or 15, whoever the amount of that was out of hand and got kicked out, but you know they wouldn't say that face-to-face to Adam Jones. You know, everybody's, uh, you know, like a, a, a computer thug or a Twitter social media thug. I mean, it's, 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 it's childish. Let's talk about the baseball, though, because right now in the Beltway, Ray, the Orioles, first place in the AL East, just a little bit above our Yankees, and the Washington Nationals, who I, I want to get your thoughts on what Zimmerman, uh, Ryan uh, Zimmerman did this weekend. Um, could we get a little Beltway series this year? I mean, it's it's looking kind of promising. Early, you know, early uh, brush and look at, at the season. What, what's going on down in that DMV area, Ray? So Washington Nationals have been one of the top three teams in baseball for the last three years. Yep. And that pitching staff that they roll out there is good enough to keep them in contention, but. If they get what they got from Rendon and this weekend, which was ridiculous on Sunday, what he did, uh, we get into oh, yeah, that Rendon. in a sec. But, uh, you know, the, the, the squad that they have, and they have a perennial MVP in Bryce Harper, just like Mike Trout is, is pretty much the MVP every year. Harper is just as dominant in his league. So, Don't forget about Murphy. <laughs> well, <Murphy. laughs> he did Murph. deliver last year, but and he's still hitting. So yeah. Mad Money Murph is still the guy down there watching. So I think Washington's fine. In fact, I think Washington's good enough to even give Chicago a run for the money. So I, I like Chicago in a seven-game series, but 
you know, if you can pitch Scherzer in one, four, and seven, mm, I'm okay. Any That's interesting. Though, right now, how the Dodgers, Red Sox, and Cubs are a little bit struggling. If we're being fair, they're kind of struggling. Of course, but you got to figure the Cubs will be there because they play in such a weak division. It turns out that that division that was so strong for so many years, think about it. That division has turned on its head because the Brewers and the Reds <laughs> are slightly ahead of the Cardinals and the Pirates, and it's all comedy. of those teams are basically 500 teams. So you got to think Chicago will hit their stride. Well, and Marte, and Ray, being suspended for 80 games. Yeah, that, that's that a big affects deal. things, too. The Orioles, but you asked about the Beltway. The Orioles, a little bit outside the Beltway, but they are in the AL East, and I just don't think that they can survive. I think ultimately the Red Sox, even though they're only 13 and 12, are the best team in that division. They just need to play like it. The Yankees, I think, are overachieving at 15 and 9, but the point is that the the, the Orioles have to get through the Yankees, the Red Sox, and even the decent Tampa Bay Rays. Now, Toronto, nobody expected them to be this bad, uh, but they'll they'll turn it around they'll and be it. about they'll an 80, 81 win team. So I just think that playing those teams 18 or 19 times, the Orioles are going to come back to earth. So I actually like the Nationals much better than I like the Orioles. Well, listen, I'm very happy with my baby Bombers, and I think, you know, they had a nice weekend, and I think – Look, early look with Matt Halliday and, and Judge and Hicks and then when Sanchez gets back and Bird and, you know, the nice little veterans with all the youth and there's still more youth to come up uh, and CeCe's been pitching well, that, that it's going to be fun. Let's swing over to hockey, man, before we get to the NBA playoffs. Look, you got to be worried about Sid the Kid. He got the concussion. Doesn't look like the hit was brutal, no suspension. But, you know, the Pens up 2-1 over... Our boy Alex, who we've talked about him and Chris Paul in sports, right? We talked about that with Al Troutwig. Alex, I mean, the Penguins, Ray, they look like they're just on their way back to the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, I mean, they, they're looking good. Nashville's up 2-1. They play tonight. Rangers down 2-0. And they're, they're up, up, they're yeah, up they're over up the center. 2-0 tonight, yeah. So it looks like they're going to try to reclaim – they're, home. they're at home. You figured they'll tie it oh, back my. up to two. Yeah. Well, but that, but that, was what's interesting. that was what's interesting about the Capitals and the Penguins is that yeah. the Caps lost both of their games at home and then won at the Igloo, so the new Igloo. So we'll see. I mean, the star power is in that Capitals-Penguins game. The Rangers, I think, these Ottawa Senators are, 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 are not bad. I think I think they're they can solid. do it. I think they can beat the Rangers. Um yeah. Nashville, St. Louis, look, nobody predicted Nashville to be this good. But now that they're here, why not? Not if from the bottom. (laughs) They got this next game at home. So I like Nashville in that series. And then Connor McDavid. Did you see that movie did in the loss? Now, he lost. And and they're still up in the series 2-1, but they lost that last game. He did like a – Three. He did an X Games. You know. You know how those 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 <laughs> skiers do. Those uh, those snowboarders do. He did a three sixty followed by a three sixty. So he did he, a seven twenty. Yeah. He, he's he's nice. I mean, he's the real. Look, I I can't say the G word, right? I can't say he's Gretzky. Um, but I can say that 
there hasn't been excitement about a 20-year-old from Canada, from Edmonton, since Wayne Gretzky. I mean, this guy is really, Well, Edmonton's up 2-1, and I I believe they're going to beat Anaheim. I I think Edmonton is going to win that series. Look, it's going to be fun. You know, we'll we'll keep you posted with the hockey. But uh, let's talk about NBA, man. Last night... You know, it, second round is, is is everybody's, you know, playing or playing tonight. Um, over the weekend, the Celtics took care of the Wizards, won the first game. But last night, the Cavs, you kind of felt like it was just like a ho-hum. Get, not, not a ho-hum game, but ho-hum. Like, they are so not afraid of Toronto. LeBron like wakes up out of bed. They had an eight day rest and he's like, Oh, here's 35, 10 and four. By the way, Popovich, I'm still the number one stunner. Don't even say anything about your boy Kawhi. Um, I, I was impressed with Cleveland, but Kyle Lowry got in there and he, you know, he got his 20, but at the end of the day, Ray, the only way the Raptors push this to even six is if Cleveland on the road doesn't feel like winning a game in Toronto. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it's too easy for them. It's too easy. And and, why, and Cleveland looks great. They're, they're going to be fine. Well, not only so, – so it's a double whammy, right? Not only are they fine, Cleveland, but nobody in the East on paper or on the court really has the team to challenge them. Toronto last year gave him a run for the money because Bismack, Bismack, Bismack was playing out of his mind, and they got the Lowry, the Rosen. When they were on, they were great, and then when they were off, they just disappeared. But Toronto's not as good as they were last year, even though Valanchunas is now a factor as opposed to not being a factor last year. Boston, you know I hate that roster. Uh, I mean, they're all good players, but, but if – Al Horford is your second best player, and the five foot nine inch, a lot of heart, great player Isaiah Thomas. Jay Crowder's been balling. Is this how many three? Yeah, but but if Jay Crowder, you tell me. Go back in the memory bank, the George Michael Sports Machine for all you older listeners ah, out there. <laughs> nice, Press a couple baby. buttons. Press a couple buttons in the George Michael Sports Machine, and you tell me if anybody has even gotten to an NBA Finals with a combination of Jay Crowder. I mean, forget about the name, just the type of talent. Uh, Jay Crowder, Al Horford, and Isaiah Thomas as their top three players. You just, you just don't see happen. that in history. No, it it, you're right. You're totally right. But so let me ask you this then. Do you feel, because I kind of feel the Wizards, they're just tipping off. I think that they are going to get game two. They're going to wake up. Uh, Porter and Morris are kind of the key to the series, and I think they're going to wake up. And at the end of the day, I picked Boston, you know, earlier in the season. I said Boston and, and Cleveland would, would be there. But I think if Wall and Beal want to go off and they get a little bit of help, um, especially from Porter and Morris, I think that they have enough talent to win it in seven games, the Wizards. What do you think is going to happen in this series? I agree 100%. You know, I think it comes down to front court production. Because you know what you're going to get from Wall and Beal. You almost know what Gortat's going to give you too, right? So the question is, can 
Morris and Porter Jr. give you enough to put Boston on their heels with, you know, Kelly Olynyk and Al Horford and, and uh, Jay Crowder, and even more so, who's your next one or two guys, right? Who's going to give you something off the bench? You know, is it is it Oubre? Is because that's the problem with Washington. Their starting five is fine. But Bogdanovich, they need to be on fire too, shooting. You know, obviously that's uh, it's fascinating, they, right? You, they need right. another scorer. They need another contributor or two uh, off the bench because I like their starting five better than Boston's starting five. I just think Boston's probably a little deeper, and Brad Stevens has those guys playing great. If you took, he's he's a he's he's a great coach. If it wasn't for Dan for Dan Tony. I think Stevens would be coach of the year. You went with him. I went with Dan Tony. They're both uh, doing yeoman's work, and I think Dan they Tony both has have. James Harden. Yeah. Right? Well, let's talk uh, about I mean, that game. Not to take anything because... away from him, but no, 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 Let's talk about that game, Ray. Because let's be honest. I don't know. For me, if I'm being fair, I thought the Spurs you know, my pick, and it still might be, but I'm going to just be honest. I said Spurs and six in my head. Um, we didn't get to make the picks until game one is already played, but I'll still say I might have to change it. I think last night something happened where James Harden and the Rockets and the system and the role players and what I thought I would see is Lee, Gasol, and Aldridge don't play enough D. Gasol and Lee are too old. Aldridge is something, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's got amnesia. He, his game is somewhere between Portland and San Antonio. Pick the state. That's where his game is. And then Kawhi and Green are the only defenders. Um, Parker and Ginobili are too slow. Parker can give you two good games in a series now. And I think they got beat up in that Grizzly series, Ray. And right now, I think the Rockets are going to take this. I mean, Kawhi gives you 21, 11, and 6. He could give you more points, but, you know, what, how they spread the floor, you got to believe this person is going to play better defense and the Rockets will make all their threes. But, I mean, come on, big game. James will drop more than 20. He's due for a 30 or 40-point game in a series. He had 20, 14, and 14. And then three other guys dropping 20s. Uh, I was very impressed. I was blown away. I think the Rockets are going to win this in six now instead of my Spurs. And really? Okay. Yeah, right. I, I'm a believer. I'm drinking a Kool-Aid. Was that Jim wow. Jones? So you, I'm, you're I'm down with Jim. Clint Capella, Trent, uh, Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson? I saw, I saw over there in, uh, on um, Patrick Beverly? 48 Hours or Dateline, The Family in Great Britain, <laughs> the lady looking like uh, Andrew, <laughs> The Family. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm joining the cult. I'm down with the Rockets. Wow. Oh, well, look, if there's anybody in the league that can make adjustments, it's Greg Popovich. Pop. Yeah. And anybody who can go out there and motivate. So, to some degree, Mike D'Antoni's offense has always hit the wall at some point in the playoffs, either this round or the next round. Historically, San Antonio teams were able to clamp down on defense. But like you said, Father Time is caught up. And where San Antonio dogs. gets in, where San Antonio gets in trouble, is either getting thugged out, like the Grizzlies did to them a couple times, and 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 made them work in that first series. And it took 
you're right, it took some yeoman effort from, from Tony Parker, or they just the other team's just too athletic. So that would be how they lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder a couple of times when they were even when they were up two oh the Thunder were just like, All right, look, we have the top athletes on the court. Kawhi Leonard's really in, in in an elite class, but after Kawhi, think about it, the drop off between Kawhi and the next athletic spur is enormous. It's probably so, Simmons. Simmons is the best next best athlete and he's a guard off the bench. Right, a and sum, he plays ten to fifteen minutes a game at most. Player. So I still think because Houston doesn't defend, I still think that they need to shoot their way past the Spurs. And for some odd reason, I think that I'll take Popovich's coaching over D'Antoni's coaching. Uh, but I think this game goes – I think the series goes seven. I just think in game seven at the AT&T Center, San Antonio will have just a little too much. I want to believe Rockets. But I tell you what, I'm I, scared if I'm a San Antonio okay. Spurs fan. I, mean, I like the Spurs. They should be back on their heels because this team is not scared, this Rocket team, and they can score. They can stretch you out and they can score. And you know what? They can spot defend at times, right, just enough. So between Ariza and Beverly and Nene, no, they, they got have a couple some – Let's be honest. They have a couple of dogs on defense. Ariza and Beverly are not average yep. defenders. They're above nope. average. Capella. Yep. And did so you see Capella? He's running down the court, and Gasol and Lee are nowhere in sight. I mean, listen, I'll tell you this. If LaMarcus doesn't home, wake up. And that's at home for San Antonio, right? That's, that's, what I'm that's saying. just the AT&T Center. Ray, if he doesn't wake up, it's all about Aldridge. If he does not wake up, they are going to get handled, and the Rockets will win this. So you're staying with the Spurs. What are you going to say, Spurs in seven? Seven. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, listen, I, I said originally Spurs in six. I got to say Rockets and six. I've been transformed. Let's get to the NFL. Let's re- kind of put a bow in this draft. Today was an interesting day. The 2014 draft, fifth-year options were picked up, but they were not picked up for Greg Robinson for the Rams and Sammy Watkins for the Bills. Um, you know, if those players do well, same with Teddy Bridgewater, they can still franchise tag them or let them go to free agency. Would you have given the option to Watkins, or are you just too fearful with his injuries and the Bills kind of played it right? I love Sammy Watkins. I gotta be honest, I have a man crush on him and his hair. <laughs> I, I I think this guy is the real deal. But you gotta listen to your medical staff, right? If if it comes down to football, I'm giving him the money. But I'm a big believer in you pay the doctors because they're the specialists and they know. So if the doctors tell you this guy is fragile, this guy might get injured, he might not give you 12, 13, 14 games a season for the next few seasons, then I hear you. But from a football perspective, you need some continuity on that team. And LaShawn McCoy is great, but he plays running back and he gets hurt. So I feel like if you can if you can lock down at least – your two superstars, McCoy and Watkins, then, you know, you have more freedom with your quarterback because they don't love Tyrod Taylor. But if you have the two of them locked down, I feel like you can even attract people because those guys are – those are dogs. Those are guys I want to play with if I'm a quarterback. Right. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, look, they got rid of Doug Whaley, evidently. Uh, Sean McDermott is going to be kind of running things. He'll look to hire a GM, capologist, all that. 
probably from Carolina or his other connections in the league and Doug Whaley drafted and then was bounced out on Sunday. Today, Jamal Charles signs one year um, with the Denver Broncos. And I got to say, if healthy, I think in the last, you know, draft and, you know, last four or five days, John Elway with some of his his chances, just with the injuries alone with Jake Butt, now Jamal Charles and also Mr. Irrelevant, uh, Chad Kelly, he might he might have gotten three steals that no one, you know, would have thought of um, in terms of some injured players and picks, because I think Chad Kelly has showed us an SEC. He went one-on-one against Bama, just like Deshaun Watson, that Chad Kelly, if healthy and, and, you know, mentally right, has the potential to be a decent quarterback. It might even be better than Simeon and Paxton Lynch. So we'll see what happens with that. But do you think Jamal Charles, if healthy, right? Because Booker didn't stay healthy. C.J. Anderson didn't stay healthy. So they have, they're not like the Saints, right? The Saints have three running backs in Kamara, Ingram, and Peterson. But then the Chiefs got three running uh, The Broncos have three running backs that, you know, you don't know if you get three games from each of them. Do you like the risk, though? It's worth the risk, right? Yeah, Jamal Charles is a game changer. And he's come back from injury before. So, as long as you still think he has juice in the tank, he's a home run hitter. If I'm not mistaken, I got to look at the stats again. But there was oh, a time. Oh, it's still over when, five yards per carry. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was. That's Second all time behind Jim Brown. That's that's it. So Jim Brown and Jamal <laughs> Charles. And that's a lot. When you're in the same breath <laughs> as him, ahead of Barry Sanders, yep. that's pretty impressive. So you know he's a home run hitter. You know he makes plays. So it's just a matter of is he healthy. So why not take a chance? I mean, for the money they paid him, just like Adrian Peterson going to New Orleans, why not? So let's talk about sort of some of the draft winners. Obviously, the big winners are the NFL, ESPN and NFL Network for their ratings. Had a big boost. Philadelphia for dropping the mic on how to do an NFL draft. That was amazing. 70,000 fans. And- Wait, 70,000, but then for the three days combined, they said the turnstiles that they sold 250,000 tickets. That is insane. So, I, I look, it's obvious the Browns had a good draft, you know, some other teams. Let's go through a couple teams. I'm going to give you one of mine, and you go back. We'll go back and forth. I really like the Chargers. Um, to me, where – the Chiefs in the first round trade for a Patrick Mahomes, and you're like, wait a minute, I still got Alex Smith and a team that was 12 and four and was in the AFC, you know, conference semifinals. Well, Philip, they're like, Philip, we're hoping our guys stay healthy, but we're going to help you stay healthy and get you two linemen in Forest Lamp and and um, and Feeney, the guard, you know, in the third round, the guard from Indiana, which I like, and then in the first round, we're going to get you a stud, really a number one receiver at Mike Williams. So now you throw out there Hunter, Gates, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams with Melvin Gordon. They still have Dante uh, Etman and the other receiver, Tyrell Williams, and Phillip Rivers has got toys for days, and I just pray they all stay healthy. I'm excited for Rivers, and I liked what the Chargers did. I thought it was a very – solid, productive draft. You know, they, they took care of some corners later on and they helped the offensive line, even got the defensive end later on. So 
Chargers are, are one of my top favorite drafts. Give me uh, who you got, one of yours you like. Well, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're jumping the gun a little bit in terms of where we, you know, where we see these guys. I like the Washington Redskins. Oh, you know, yeah. I like the, I like the fact that they got Jonathan Allen, who was to me a top five to seven pick. We both have him going second in a, in a couple of our mock drafts. We didn't have any insight into the shoulder injury that had them drop down, but I like Jonathan Allen in the first round. And then Christmas. you get Ryan, yeah, number seventeen overall. Then you get Ryan Anderson, the linebacker from Alabama. And then you know we talked about this that kid P Ryan from Oklahoma. Everybody was talking about Mixon, who your boy ended up going. It's funny because they said something like 26 teams weren't going to touch him. So he was really only going to go to five or six teams. <laughs> but his his counterpart, right, Sarmaji Piran, nobody talked about him. He is a quality, solid, solid yeah. back. So to get him in the fourth round, I like that. They he might got, be their starter, you know, Ray. He might be because, you know, in one back, they, can, they have all these – kind of single-dimension backs. Thompson is small and Jones is big, but fumbles. Uh, you know, they, they got, they've got they yeah. a potential in a fourth-round pick here to be a starter, so I like that. They picked up the backup. Uh, uh, they picked up a decent tight end in the fifth round, uh, the kid from, from Arkansas, Sprinkle. Yeah, he's good. And I actually, I actually like their safety, too, Nicholson from, from Michigan State. So I think all in all, they had a decent draft. They had uh, – it starts with a defensive end, though, you know, and, and a linebacker. So they shore up that defense, which is already really good. Now, you would argue with some of their turnover on offense, they needed to fill up some offensive holes. But I like this. I like the going for defense in the draft, and maybe you get some free agency on offense. You're right. I, I think it was great. And, you know, Allen makes Carrigan better, um, and that's that's what's really important. So they, they – they did a good job, man. And, you know, you're getting the other Alabama linebacker. I also like, you know, tight ends. You know, obviously you said the Bengals, Browns, they're good, Eagles, bunch of teams. But with Titans, Corey Davis, Adoree Jackson, you get uh, Taiwan Taylor, another receiver with some speed, um, you know, from uh, Western Kentucky. They did really well. And I think Corey Davis, like we said before, those, you know, the hands are fine. Uh, he's going to wind up being a number one. And, and you know, you, you needed to get toys from Mariota, you know, and I think that the Titans are – remember, they went nine and seven last year. This is, this is a team that – and quickly, with them and the Jags, you know, obviously with D.D. Westbrook and Leonard Fournette Ray and all their free agent signings with Clayus Campbell and, and, and um, Bouye from um, the Texans, the AFC South is about to be pretty solid uh, division. This is not going to be no nine and six. You might have to win it with ten and six, uh, nine and seven. It might be ten and six or eleven and five this year, especially if the Texans get to win it with the quarterback and JJ Watt stays healthy. So it's going to be fun. You know, we'll we'll talk more football and 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 even still, you know, kick around some thoughts with the draft. It's going to be fun. The off season sort of a wrap. You know, you could say maybe the Patriots won the offseason with everything combined because, you know, they got so much and they were already good, but the Raiders improved, Bucks, Giants, a lot of teams improved. And we still need to see if LeGarrette Blunt goes somewhere, Ray. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's football, baby. I can't wait. 
Fantasy football is around the corner, Ray. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I'm not even ready. I won't lie. I am not ready for that. Let me digest the draft. Let me digest the depth charts, and let me uh, then think about fantasy. I got somebody who sent me an email. I was like, oh, my gosh, already? Like, I'm like, you know, I was like, that's like, whoa. Um, OTAs, minicamp, let's, let's, let's let it play yeah, out. Quick yeah, there, story there'll be an injury or two. Long. There'll be a, a trade or two. Oh, yeah, but real, a real quick story before we go. It pays to take summer classes at Stanford. I don't know if you saw this. Solomon Thomas, freshman year, was taking a summer class with a former Stanford alum, John Lynch. And they were taking a decision-making class, micro-thinking something, and they became friends. They worked on a project together. So Solomon decides around the Sun Bowl against North Carolina, let me call John Lynch and ask him, should I go to the NFL draft? John Lynch calls a couple of his friends in the NFL. He hadn't even heard from, you know, he still was at Fox, hadn't heard from, you know, the Niners yet. And basically, you know, said, you should, you know, do what you feel best. But, you know, teams think you're going to, you know, do well, and be, you know, towards the top of the draft, whatever. So, you know, whatever you believe. Then, boom, he gets hired, GM, da 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 and then he winds up drafting him. So classmates are now employer-employee. That, to me, is the most amazing story. Uh, you know, so many of this draft, you know, Deontay Foreman and James Conner, you know. But, Ray, that's a great story. Summer classes at Stanford. <laughs> that is a great story. And what about your, your Pittsburgh Steelers and James Conner staying local that's, in Pittsburgh? That's touching that's my heart, Ray. Because you know, James Conner's a football player. It's not like some pity pick. I mean, that guy plays no, football. No, in fact, he would have been a first-round pick had he come out his sophomore year, obviously he couldn't, but had he come out as a sophomore, ACC Player of the Year over Jameis Winston. So how ridiculous is that? Jameis Winston wins the Heisman. Means he's, a, you know, he won a Heisman, yeah. best player in the country, and he wasn't even the best player in his conference. No, you said it. Hey, my Steelers did good. You know, Juju Smith. Did you like Taco Charlton for your Cowboys and some of your corners? Uh, you know, I thought the Colorado okay. corner? Given where we picked, I thought it was fine. I hope Taco, I don't know that he's athletic enough to really make that impact. They're worried um, that he's a one-year wonder. We'll see. Hey, listen, he Drew might. Pearson stole the draft, Ray. Your cowboy, Drew <laughs> Pearson, stole the draft. His speech against the Eagles fans was the greatest thing I've, maybe I've ever heard. That was awesome. That was awesome. On the Dallas War Room was just cheering him on, too. But, yeah, that, uh, was, that was fun to watch. So 42-29, Withers up on the Celtics. I, I thought they would get game two. So great show. We'll be back. Uh, everybody have a great sports week. Obviously, we'll update you NBA, NFL playoffs, get more into the baseball. Should be a good sports week. And, um, you know, hey, maybe some uh, – we got some tennis, tennis tournaments coming up, don't we? I think uh, – yeah, the French Open coming up uh, around Memorial Day in a couple weeks. Yeah, French Open should get ready to start. So, um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. No Serena, but, you know, the big boys on the men's side should be battling it out. So, anyway, have a great sports week, and we will catch you on Friday. Thanks for listening. We're out.